Welcome to Protect Your Peace Podcast with Queen T, a show where I will discuss ways to protect your peace in everyday life. Come on, let's get started. Today's podcast, we have a special guest, my husband, my king, King G. Say hi to the guys. Hi guys, how you doing? So, yes, I hope you guys are well. I hope you've had um, a blessed week. I hope that you have protected your peace. Um, Because I'm sure, like, for us, or for me personally, you've had a... Some situations where you've needed to but we're not going to go through that today we are going to be talking about something that i mentioned on one of my other podcasts uh, the last one about dreams where I, I told you guys that i'd had a dream that my husband was with another woman and how that uh was trying to mess with my peace and i shared with you guys how i dealt with that this one uh is a bit more real and a bit more mm, how can I put it raw and we're keeping it hot for you guys on this channel we're keeping it honest open and transparent and um, I hope that you can respect that that you know we are sharing our life experiences with you guys in order to help you and we are opening up our lives in order to do that um so that being said i will give you a bit of background as to what the situation was so i was having dreams and thoughts regarding my ex now a bit of background on my ex uh, our relationship was a short relationship but it was a good relationship it wasn't a bad relationship it was a good relationship um, it was a secret relationship because we were both in the church and we were both sinning and we were best friends and to cut a long story short, we were going to get married and there was a talk of getting married and stuff. And But every time the conversation came up, I would get this feeling in the pit of my stomach, in my gut, sort of gut feeling, that didn't feel good. And I ignored it a few times. And when it came to the, to the crux of it, we got caught in, in, in fornication, is that what they call it, when you're not married? Yeah, we got caught in fornication, um, we were told to stop our relationship, stop communication, um, there was another girl in, involved on his side that he was uh, seeing and had promised or 
and had the intention between the two of them to get married um, who also found out and he had to then choose now before this all came out he'd already made his choice to me um, so it was quite a surprise to me that uh, after speaking to the pastor he was now unsure um, and I did not expect him to choose me because I had two children and I was older than him whereas this girl was his age no children so no competition as far as I was concerned I really thought he wouldn't choose me but he did and that shocked me even more um, but we're going through all of these things with the fear of the consequences because we've been told to stay away from each other and he gets the message to me he calls me and tells me he's chosen me and he's going to speak to the pastor and I'm I get that feeling in the pit of my stomach again so I said to God that night it was a Saturday night church was the next day and I literally cried out to God and I just prayed and I was like what is this feeling in my stomach that I I'm getting every time he talks about marriage like this is not a good feeling I said if I'm not supposed to marry him if he's not for me you've got to do something to show me and I I uttered the words even if it means shaming us in front of the whole church I don't know what possessed me to say that <laughs> Because you know what, God will take you at your word, you know. He'll take you at your word. But I actually meant it. I really did because I take marriage seriously. And I was like, if I get into marriage, I don't want to get divorced. And I don't want to marry the wrong person. I don't. Because that's a lifetime for me. So when I made that prayer, I was serious. Like, I, I really was like, I need you to answer this, God. Next day, went to church and my prayer came true literally someone rose up in the spirit went straight to him he's a pull to the altar and yeah god showed up same way and it was a nightmare <laughs> to say the least i got my answer but it was a nightmare and i proceeded to get over that relationship but obviously when you're in love with someone your feelings don't go straight away they don't so i was still craving for him I was still yearning to be with him even though I knew I wasn't supposed to be and so there was this retreat and I went on this retreat and on the retreat one the girl was there so I had to deal with that but two I just said to God you've told me he's not for me now you've got to take these feelings away because I'll go running back to him I know me and I know what I'm like with my feelings uh, my feelings will pull me because I know as soon as I leave this place my phone's going to ring and it's going to be him which happened um, and God took the feelings away he literally took the feelings away and when I got the phone call I was strong and I told him I'm not for you you know it's not going to happen and he was adamant that I was supposed to be his wife and if it wasn't me then it was the other girl and I was just like well then it's her because it's not me and I left it at that and then I had to go through a whole grieving period. Um, the grieving period wasn't that long because it wasn't that long until I met this king here. And I was not expecting it because I'd given up on relationships after that because I'd been hurt over and over again. 
um, as you can imagine, being a single mum of two children, um, I'd given up and I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, when I met Gavin, um, it was a business thing, weren't it, Dad? Yeah. It was a business thing and he was helping me with my business and I wouldn't even say we were friends, we were just associates. We weren't even friendly like that, were we, at first? It was just you were helping me. Mm-hmm. And then um, when you talk about business, I went to see him in his office and we, I can't remember what we did, didn't we? Did you show me the website? can't remember, can you? Yeah, I can't remember. We did something in, in his office for business and at that point he was also on his journey um, and there was a girl in the picture not not in the picture as in he was seeing her or anything like that but others were saying that this girl was to him I think the girl was showing you interest or something like that did she? A little bit. Yeah and he was he he brought his situation to me and asked me my advice he had said to me because he's an artist he's an illustrator and he draws amazing and he asked me, um, her birthday was coming up and he wanted to know, is it weird for him to draw her a picture of herself, an illustration, and give it to her for her birthday? And I was like, if you don't talk to her and you're not friends, it is a bit weird, but it's really nice gesture. And in my head I was thinking, I'd love someone to do that to me, for me. That's such a nice thing to do. And I just thought he was a really nice guy and I thought, you know, this girl is, you know, a lucky girl and she was a single mum as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I was like, he is, he is what I desire in a person. From the little I knew about him, um, I liked that he had his own business, I liked that he was a man of God, I'd heard him preach. And that he had a romantic side. He was romantic. Because to draw an illustration of a girl, that's romantic. And I'm a cancer. I'm all about the romance. Um, so I was like, oh, that's really nice. He's a, he's a nice guy. And I hope it works out for him. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I remember the conversation, but... Um, I wasn't thinking about it like that. I thought you were nice. That I thought you were nice from years before when I first met you. Because we skipped out when we first met, which was years later. But at this point now, um, yeah, I've always, I always thought you were nice. I just didn't think that you, you were gonna, because we missed out the dream bit as well. The reason why we started chatting again is because of the dream badness. It wasn't the business; it was the dream first. Okay. And then we didn't talk for ages. So we we were just here and there chatting and not chatting, and then. Then when we started coming to the office, we were getting more friend, more friendly. Like we became more of a friendship after the business. We yeah. just getting rid of logo and stuff. We were chatting on Skype. So by the time the business came in, we were becoming more friends. Initially, when you spoke to me on Skype about a dream, that was just give me a message and then you were gone again. But at this point, we became more friendly. Mm. And chatting on Skype and I was in the office every night and you were chatting to me on Skype and then we became friends because of the business it just we became more friendly yeah yeah so it was literally I'd say from from the end of my last relationship to me getting closer 
together and not seeing him, liking him, thinking he's a nice guy, but not looking at him like that. It was about six months. It wasn't even that long. And I literally got a dream one night and God showed me that Gavin was my husband in the dream. And I was shocked because I thought God was mad at me for what I'd done, for the sins. And I didn't think God would, would even give me a husband. He'd be like, you ain't getting nothing. Because um, that's the way they teach you, in it? That'd be my punishment. <laughs> so it was really unexpected for me. And um, even though God gave me the dream, I was not taking that as as gospel so I literally said to God okay if that's what you're saying go and tell him because I ain't telling him you tell him you show him that I'm his wife I'm not going through another false relationship again because my what do you call it my perception is it perception of reality has been rubbish it's not even perception is it what's the word what do they call I can't remember Anyway, uh, me trying to make choices of my own with my own flesh doesn't work. So I was like, I'm not even going to do that God, you have to go and tell him. This was in October. And it took three months <laughs> for God to tell him. <laughs> Towards the end of the three months, uh, I grew frustrated and I was like, okay, God, if that was you, you need to show up because if it wasn't, I'm done with being a Christian because I don't know you. I don't know who you are because I really believe that that's your voice. That's how you've been talking to me all that time, all this time. That's how you've always shown up for me, for me to know it's you. So if I don't know you, I'm done. And that was my prayer. And then literally a week or so, a couple of weeks later, Gavin's friend hinted to me that uh, he'd been he'd had the confirmation Gavin had had the confirmation that I was to be his wife um, and we got married pretty quick didn't we God mm -hmm. from that point we got engaged within the next couple of months mm. and then we got married three months six months after that we got married um so yeah, everything's fine, um, marriage is marriage. <laughs> so anyway, I will have these dreams on a regular basis. I feel like it's regular, but I don't think it is regular. I think I was just made up in my mind that it's regular because it's just too many times for my comfort. Like I would, I would dream and then I'd have breaks and then I'd have dreams and then I'd have breaks and then I'd have dreams. If me and my husband were having arguments or anything like that, I'd get dreams. Um, and these dreams would consist of me seeing my ex and um, us both, we're both married because my ex is now married to the other girl and um, I'm married to gavin in the dream and he's married to her in the dream and we we are seeing each other for the first time because we had no closure we're seeing each other and it's kind of like 
I'm like, oh, you're okay with me, you're cool with me, and he's like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm cool, and then we're looking at each other the way we used to look at each other, and we're drawn, being drawn to each other the way we were used to be drawn to each other, and it gets to the point where we're about to get intimate, and as we're about to get intimate, I remember that I'm married, and I, in my head, I'm contemplating I'm seeing how that will hurt my husband if he found out and how that would end my marriage and I choose not to do it and I wake up. There hasn't been any dreams where he's actually gone through with it but it's, it always gets to that pinnacle of, of doing it um, or I'll have thoughts of just missing the friendship missing the communication the laughter the all the stuff like that and every time i'd have these dreams i'd wake up feeling guilty i'd wake up feeling like i'd cheated on my husband um the scriptures from the bible that would come up for me is uh if you think about it you you're you you just it's like you've already sinned kind of thing and I would, I would feel guilty and I would feel like I've committed adultery within my marriage. And I would look at my husband and I'd feel so guilty and he'd have no clue <laughs> what was going on in my mind. And this went on for a long time. And I knew it was soul ties. I don't know if any of you know about soul ties, but whenever you sleep with somebody, you create a soul tie. Um, you can create soul ties even without sleeping with somebody your friends can have soul ties if you're really close to but the ultimate soul tie is when you sleep with each other because that was the original marriage you were married when you had sex and it still kind of is now even if you go to a courthouse and you get married it's not valid until you can um, consummate with sex so um, sex is very powerful and it creates soul ties and I believe because we didn't have closure it wasn't what we both wanted we were kind of forced to not be together i think that that soul tie was never cut and obviously i don't know what he's going through or if he's going through anything he may have cut his i don't know but for me um i don't think i cut it i just put it in a box and got on with my life with my husband my family and that's why every now and then it would come up and I must have been listening to a preaching on the tv and it was talking about soul ties and um it was talking about confession as well I can't remember everything it was talking about but whatever it was it convicted my soul to the core and I remember sitting him down and and saying to him that I have to tell him something, I have to confess something to him. And I told him about the dreams and I, I didn't know what to do about it. Um, I'm gonna pass it over to him now because I'll go on afterwards to, to let you know how, how we dealt, how I dealt with it or how we dealt with it to protect my peace, but I need you to tell the people how you felt how it affected you me your wife telling you that i was 
yearning and thinking about that. Well, well, when you told me, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't, I don't think I reacted the way you probably thought I would. No, <laughs> you were calm as anything. And, um, yeah, you probably, yeah. I was so scared. And, um, yeah, so I didn't meet that expectation. And that, it's because I just made my heart a certain way. And that's why we had to keep those prayers. Because if we knew praying it would end everything then it wouldn't have been the right time to pray. So I was just calm and I just said to you that uh, these things happen, it's life, what can I say? I kind of had an understanding mindset to be honest because it's life, isn't it? It happens, isn't it? We get this evil, it's life. And I, I've always said before that sometimes, well, I, I'm, I, the way I look at things is you don't know until you dealt with it. You don't actually dealt with it until it resurfaces so I wouldn't say I've dealt with something until it resurfaced for me to not feel a certain way so it was obvious that it hadn't been dealt with and I just said look first thing just be grateful that I'm not a certain way because it could be horrible I'll just be grateful for that and you just have to deal with what you have to deal with and um, and I hope that you don't have these recurring dreams because it's not nice to hear it it's not nice to hear any, any of these things but life isn't it what can you do you just have to be understanding and know that we've all got different issues dealing with and did it hurt your feelings at all yeah, yeah. I, did, I wish i felt hurt i just don't like it just wasn't nice to hear it i wish i felt hurt like like you treat them i just i didn't feel those kind of things at all i just looked at it like These things happen, isn't it? That's how I look at it. I didn't look at it like it was a fence. I just looked at it like it's things happen. There's not much I can do about it. There's not much I can. I can't throw anything. Your, there's nothing to throw in your face. There's nothing to. It's just life, isn't it? These things happen, man. But it was within my boundary of understanding. Because I'm. There's obviously things that I can't handle. You know. This is obviously something that I can handle. Because when you told me. I can handle it. That's how I know. Mm. It is. Yeah. What was your advice to me when I asked you, how do I deal with it? Mm. What did I say? Do you remember? I don't remember exactly what I said to you. You said to me, usually when you confess it and speak about it, that's when it will stop. Mm. I'm not sure if you said but from experience or spiritual law I think you might have said something like that um, once you actually speak about it mm. um, and put it out there mm. then the dreams will stop coming um, kind of like I said, I said that I went through something when I was younger where I used to hate my school because I was sent away to a boarding school I hated it and then I had dreams about it for about 15 years after I left and, it was on, and I kept having the same dream where I felt like I was in the school in my last year doing my art exam it's random but to me it was always exactly the same dream and I felt traumatised in the dream because I was back there and it felt real and the thought of being there was horrible when I woke up in my flat wherever I was I felt so grateful to be wherever wherever I was because it wasn't the dream wasn't real but I, it's only when I spoke about it and told someone 
they actually became uh, the, he, he left me after like 15, 16 years. I told someone randomly and it, and it, it stopped. So for me, I know that's one way of dealing with it, just talking about it. Without being too logical and trying to work out how to uproot it, just talking about it. And to me, that sounded crazy at the time. <laughs> I really didn't didn't think that that would happen. And he was like, all you can do now is wait and see if the dreams come back. And they haven't. They didn't come back for a long time. And then I had a dream. But this time, in the dream, we were just friends. And Gavin was there. And his wife was there. And it was like we got closure in the dream and it was just like we were just cool and it was like he was there, I was there and it was just there was just nothing there romantic. I had that one dream just one time and I was like, Thank you, God. So it was just showing me that it's done now and that's it. I've not had any dreams since. But that really messed with my peace. It really did. The guilt the shame, the secret that I was carrying really messed with my peace and uh, it was horrible to carry, it really was and when I, when I did tell Gavin it just, it, uh, the load was just lifted from me, I felt so much lighter and I was just so grateful that he was so understanding and so kind and I just kept looking at him like, no, he must be <laughs> he must be holding it in. And I just watch him for the next couple of days. He's like, You're right. But he's probably not gonna come near me for a while. <laughs> He's probably not going to want to touch me or anything for a while. I'm sure I must have hurt him. He's just not saying anything. Or maybe it'll kick in later tonight when he's on his own. And We haven't really spoke about it since. This is the first time that we've actually spoke about it since then, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I've not asked you how you've been or if you've dealt with it. Yeah. But I'm just so grateful, like, how would, so how do we help someone? So if somebody's in this same predicament, okay, so for me, if, if you're in the predicament that I'm in, where you're having these dreams and you're married and you're feeling guilty and all the rest of it, one, I'd say pray to God about it, because I, I literally would talk to God about it, I would, um, and God knows my heart anyway, and he knows what dreams I'm having. I can't hide nothing from him. So I was grateful that I was kind of led to talk to my husband about it because from my own flesh, I wouldn't have done so. Um, I would have just kept hiding it. But literally after hearing that conviction through the preaching I could not hold it inside that's how I knew it was God it was just like God was just saying just say it just tell him just release yourself from 
you know, from this guilt you're carrying. And like I like she said, I, I never expected him to react like that. I expected the worst. I expected him to not talk to me, I expected him to be mad at me. Um so if you're going through it, what you expect is not necessarily going to happen. That's just we kind of always expect the worst don't we and we don't really trust ourselves or our partners to be able to have an understanding heart or maybe they might have been going through it themselves um i don't know if you've ever like not necessarily in a marriage but gone through a period where you're thinking about your ex may not have been in a relationship but it may have come up you may have dreamt about her or whatever um whatever happened not like that no mm. probably i mean it's been so long since i was in a relationship like that i probably that it would have blown over a long time so do you think it's more because of how close it was to us getting married why like I didn't have that time to Maybe, yeah. get over it Cause that, for me it was like 2003-2004 since I was in a situation where I felt like that whatever happened after that there was no emotion like that I wasn't tied to anyone emotionally what well, people came on the scene I was close to people I never loved them last time I, could, I felt that was I was probably 22 23 years old and that took years so by the time I met you, I didn't feel like that at all. Mm. It was like 10, 13 years later. It did make me think like, why did God allow me to meet you so soon knowing that I hadn't cut those cords? But that's logic, isn't it? I don't think, because we don't understand the way God works. Because it's a little bit like saying, God... You hear this in church, oh, before I get mad, I need to clean up my life and get everything together. And people preach that. But if that's, if that's going to be the case, most people won't get married. Mm. Most things aren't going to get cleaned up. Most mm. people's finances aren't going to be correct. Most people's personalities aren't going to be super sharp and character's not going to be clean. Like, I, yeah, I think you have to just let God do it in his own strange way and then go on a journey with that person and they help you to become the right person rather than becoming the right person and then meeting someone if you meet someone and you're just the right person to be honest it almost what's the point in marriage it almost becomes purposeless because yeah. they're not helping you if you've already helped yourself in every way how is a woman that helped me to a man if he's already helped himself in every area and got every box ticked what's the purpose of her being there mm. other than to breed she doesn't need <laughs> to help him so then they're not going to have that zoo and vice versa so you have to yeah you have to go on it with them so when I hear people preaching about you got to get it together that is that's a very logical and religious way of dealing with relationships in Christ because you're basically saying God I'm assuming I've got to be perfect at a very high level before I meet my wife like I said if that's the case most people shouldn't be married at all yeah and because we're always on a journey so always then, <laughs> so then where's the gauge Who's, who's gonna see we have to let God gauge it mm. you don't know when you're gonna do it and people always say it in church if you're gonna gauge it off your own standards you're never gonna be ready are you because you're always gonna find fault in something 
Mm. You can't go by your standards. Just go by what God thinks is the right time. And we know his time is not our time. Mm. So when we think we're not ready, he'll say you're ready. When we think we're ready, he'll say you're not ready. And then when the time's right for you to deal with certain situations. Because, I, I mean, I was having the dreams for a long time before I even brought it to you. And before that, I never felt the push to tell you. And again, maybe those times weren't right. Because when I did tell you, that was the right time. Um, so you have to pray. And when you pray, it depends how you pray. Because if, if you're hearing this right now, and you're going through something, and it's secret, and you know God says to confess, it depends who you're confessing to. Because um, you have to ask God the right things when you pray. A lot of us pray, but we're not saying the right words to God. We're saying what we think God wants us to hear, not necessarily what we have to pray. So, so give an example of what you mean by that. You might just say, oh God, just deal with the situation. What does that mean to God? Mm. Oh God, just sort it out. Well, that, that's a vague that's a vague request. Yeah. Specifically, what do you mean? I say, Lord, what it is, I want you to make my relationship with my partner fantastic. Where I feel great about us being together and I feel free of this problem and I can confess it to him and he understands and we can move forward together and get closer and stronger after mm. my confession. That's more of a specific prayer than God just sort it out. You know what I mean? So I always say this, the Bible says we pray amiss. In other words, what we're saying ain't the right words. Specifically, what exactly do you want the outcome to be? Mm. I want to be in this position with this person. I want that to have left my heart. And I want to make it help others from the situation. That's a specific prayer. I wouldn't put a time on it. I would just ask for the outcome. And then let God do the rest. And once you've asked for that, you have to believe it will happen because God wants to deal with these things. This is not a conditional prayer like, I wonder if God wants to cleanse. We know he does. It's not like you're asking for... That's why you're feeling the way you're feeling, because he he's putting that just that that feeling within you. And then therefore, if you're asking for something that you know is God's will, it's not a dispute. Once you've asked it in a very specific way, it's going to get dealt with. But you'd also ask that that God would um, have His way and make sure He has His way. I ask that as well because sometimes God. You can ask God for something and he's prodding you, but you're resisting him. So I say, God, make sure you have your way regardless of how I act. Like, force your way into my Do whatever you have to do. Give it a blank canvas. Like, tell God to Give him permission, be rampant it? if he needs to be to get the job done. Mm. If you ask, if you say God be rampant, he'll be rampant. He'll get the job done. Like I said, I told him to, to do that and he did it in the church. So. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He took me at my word. You have to be specific. Literally. Like, say, God, do do whatever you need to do. That means he can do whatever he wants. Then he will deal with it. That's how I look at it in prayer. So when you ask God, ask him exactly what you want the outcome to be. And, and also ask God to completely have his way do whatever he wants whatever he thinks is best to get the job done and once you've prayed that it is going to change because it's God's will it ain't going to be the same yeah but don't put a time on it because your expectations can be rude just let life go on he will deal with it in the right time and the right way so what would you say to the partner who's hearing this so he's in your position 
suppose they're not as suppose they're not feeling great or they're feeling hurt or but like I said when you set it up for the outcome I want the outcome to be that we can that at some point our relationship will be twice as good as it is now because it's not in a good place now you know that's what God would want for you so you have to trust that even if he doesn't accept or he feels hard about it when you tell him at some point it's going to be twice as good because you're asking for the outcome that must mean his heart is, will be understanding his heart will change he'll come down to loving you more being healthy for you more so you're asking for the outcome it doesn't mean initially he's going to be cool with it it just means that the outcome of whatever happens will be better do you try and force it like do you try and get him to be okay with it in your timing like no, is, there, no, uh, is there anything you can do like if you weren't cool with it I'd be like I probably would have been like apologizing over and over again and I don't know you're the kind of person that would distance yourself and it if you were feeling that and then I'd probably distance myself and our relationship would have probably just gone in that I wouldn't I wouldn't, direction. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be logical about it because there's no one way of being a real person I'd yeah. say God if he reacts in a way that's not good or she or she make sure that you give me the wisdom to deal with him in the best way just say that mm. now you put it in God's hands to for you to even act with the right character because you don't even know what's best in that situation what are some tangible things that people can do on their own I've got one writing affirmations yeah that's yeah that's something I'll do say yeah and affirmations have changed our life day by day anyway. So for me, I would write, I am having beautiful and wonderful dreams about me and my husband. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. my family mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I am free from the guilt mm-hmm. and shame. Here's what I would say, what I've learned about affirmations good way to affirm something would be to say would be to say and you can do this for everything you can say my relationship with my loved one my partner is getting better and better each day the better and better and the each day is the important part because it's continuous mm. That's a really that's a that's probably one of the best ways to affirm something by saying it's increasing. That's a relationship fundamental. That is. Yeah, it's increasing by the day, not by the month or just it just increased because we can ask for an increase and it can stop, and it can be the same level, or you can say it's increasing by the day, so it's continually topping up by the day. Mm. That's probably the best way to affirm anything. And you can say that regardless of what um, position. It doesn't matter. You're hearing it or whether you're hearing it. Because it's, it's going to increase. It's going to get better. So it could get messy before it gets better. But the messiness is making it better. Yeah. So as long as you're saying my whatever, fill the blanking, is increasing or getting better by the day, it somehow will work out as long as you listen to yourself affirming it each day. Listen to or, it, write or, it down, see it. Yeah, so you could you can write it down ten times a day. Or write it down more than five times on a sheet of paper. It's great for the subconscious. Or say it in the mirror. Or you can say it to yourself with emotion, looking in the mirror. Or you can have someone say it to you with emotion. Yeah. Or you can listen to it on an audio 
and turn the volume right down so you can barely hear your voice go to sleep. and go to sleep on it and it will go straight into your subconscious but you'd have to do these things i would say don't put a time limit on it you do it until it becomes a normality in your life so when you start to see the fruits of it changing it's not ready yet you still got to do it that's like seeing the, the babies being forming in your belly it's not birthed yet so you have to still affirm it until you've given birth but isn't that a lifetime thing that statement because obviously you want your relationship to get better every day regardless oh. of what you're going through okay so in this, in this instance yeah you would say that mm. you would say that okay yeah you could say that in this instance relationship is always getting better mm. yeah yeah so that's just the fundamental yeah maybe with something else you might have got something and you've got it and then you you've come yeah, you're happy with it yeah like you know you've got your house all right but yeah in relationships it's always going to increase forever what about eft yeah, I do EFT all the time. I'd, I'd have. So you're feeling angry. You're feeling. Uh, I use EFT for anything. So whenever sad. I feel any negative emotion, no matter what it is, when I'm not around anyone, I'll just tap. I don't use the affirmations that they use on YouTube. To be fair, I do have my own remix version of it. I either tap on the meridian point, or I massage it. Sometimes if I just rub it deeply, rub the muscles because the tension's in the muscles. Mm. It has the same effect. The tapping. Uh, obviously, people can't see you, so can you kind of explain where on the body? Well, well, I'll tap on my chest, on the left and right chest, where the heart is, and opposite the heart on both sides. I'll tap under my arm, where the armpit is, on both sides. I'll tap on the chopping point. When you chop your hand on the table, where your hand touches the table, the chopping point. On that chopping point is a meridian point. I tap. On my forehead in the middle, above in between your eyes. Uh, top of your head. Yeah, and on the crown of your head, top there as well. Uh, on my cheekbones, on each cheekbone there, underneath my nose, in between your lip and your nose there, and on your chin. So I would tap when I feel the emotion. This is what works for me. I know if I feel any kind of anxiety in, in any form, any negative emotion, if I tap maybe three rounds, and I stop, the next time the situation arises, I feel a lot calmer. Or the thought arises. Yeah, or the thought arises. I feel like it's gone down by 20%. And I'll tap again. Goes down by 20%. After three, four, five, six, seven weeks, a few months of doing the same thing, I find that the emotion's almost gone. Yeah. And it works for anything. The important thing is remembering to do the tapping, though. Because you got to do it when you're angry. you got to do it when you're fearful. Mm. If I do it when I'm in a good mood, it doesn't work. Mm. You have to be thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, have feeling to be, the emotions yeah, to do with that situation. Yeah, yeah. You have to be feeling the emotion, and then because there are millions of thoughts in your head, but there's probably like a thousand thoughts that give you the same emotion. Mm. So you have to do it when you feel that emotion attached to that thought. Yeah. It has to be very specific to that thought. Yeah. And then it goes. So tapping is a lifelong thing, and I, and it, I think it's changed my life. Yeah, me too. I think it changed my life in a way that I've n I didn't even think was possible. Mm. to get rid of emotion I've never even heard of that concept before when I was growing up to get rid of an emotion other than talking to a counsellor and even then I didn't think that really worked but actually on the spot I can reduce my emotional state by 30% the next round of tapping the next week 30% like it's actually changed my life I feel way calmer mm. you know but the key is remembering to do it because I knew about it for years but I wouldn't do it or I might do it for one week and forget heat in the moment just get angry and you forget but now I'm in the habit of doing it feel like I can do things way better mm. in every area of my life. Yeah.
fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, anything negative. It, it just works. So like I said, I don't, I don't do the conventional version of it because on YouTube they say you got to say certain words like, uh, like something like, uh, I accept and love myself. Uh, and then you affirm what you want to happen in the situation. Mm. But I don't actually use affirmations to be fair. I just say, it's all right, it's okay. I'm all right, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm all right, I'm okay. That's all I say and I just tap. Yeah, so whatever works for you, if you want to use affirmations while you do it, that's fine. Sometimes I don't use affirmations, but sometimes I do. I yeah. just choose in the moment. But regardless of whether I use affirmations or not, I still get the results. Yeah, because the tapping is what gets rid of the emotion. Yeah. And obviously the affirmation can then fill you up and change your subconscious belief. So for me, EFT works. Listening to affirmations works while I'm going from awake to sleep. So was it you go from you go into your delta state or whatever state it is when you're sleeping that works for me as well and uh and talking about it you can talk about it talk about it yeah these are the things that work for me yeah yeah so guys that was uh, a lot of information there so we've been honest we've been transparent and we've told you you know, I told you about my husband in the last podcast and told you about myself and, you know, our relationship has got stronger. And to be honest, being able to tell my husband that in that situation has helped me feel safer with him to be able to tell him stuff. And sometimes you may not even realize that you don't feel safe with your partner to be able to be open and vulnerable and so these things happen in order to show you that you can actually be open and vulnerable um there was a another situation where my husband felt a certain way about me and that's another podcast um if my husband agrees to uh talk about that one we will bring it back to you um but thank you guys it's been awesome it's been awesome having you king king g on the podcast thank you for joining us and thank you for giving us your knowledge and wisdom as always um you enjoyed it it's been a pleasure <laughs> okay guys come to the end of the podcast thank you so much for joining me I hope it's been an experience that you can learn from. Please leave a comment on your favorite podcast in app and give me a rating. And also, if you want me to talk about anything that you're going through um, and you want some advice on how to protect your peace, then you can leave a message on Anchor or you can email me at info protect your peace at gmail.com okay now you guys have a blessed day have a blessed week stay high in your vibration and don't forget protect your peace bye